This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Movie Press for July 19th, 2019. We are going to be talking about Cats Meow, and we're going to be talking about Terminator Dark Fate and a lot more. So stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Meet the Movie Press. I am not Simon Thompson. I am Scott Menzel, and I am here for Simon Thompson today on this episode of Meet the Movie Press because he is down in sweaty Comic-Con right now. So I hope he's enjoying standing in those lines. I'm very happy to be sitting here talking to all of you today. And I wanted to first and foremost open up and welcome my panel. Of course, we have the Dimitri Panos, the one, the only, and then the one and only <laughs> Ashley Menzel. Introduce yourselves. Where can they find you? You first. Ladies first. Oh, thank you. Um, you can find me on WeLiveEntertainment.com and at, on Twitter at Ashley G. Menzel. And right here on Popcorn Talk Network's uh, Meet the Movie Press, as well as uh, a, a contributor to WeLiveEntertainment.com as part of, and a contributor to LAOFCS, at, D, at Dimitri Panos. You almost you said go. your old Twitter I handle. I almost said my old Twitter handle. There you go. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, sexes, whatever, Welcome to this episode. People of uh, Earth. People of Earth, right. Even aliens, too. We welcome you as Area well. Area 51. Area 51. And uh, anthropomorphic cats as well. There you go. Them. There you go. So uh, it's... Today's a weird day. It, it has been a weird day. Uh, I, not as weird as the people at Comic-Con, considering the fact that their entire panels were overshadowed by the release of the Cats trailer, which I think was what we're going to actually open this conversation up with today. We're going we're gonna to jump back and forth between some news items and some trailers, kind of mix it up a little bit. But I, I think it's interesting because halfway through the day yesterday, all Comic-Con conversation came to a halt as the Cats trailer premiered online and everyone could not shut up about this film. And what's the irony of, of all that? It's not at Comic-Con? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even at Comic-Con. Yes. So um, I, I, I have not even told Ashley my feelings on the Cats trailer, so we're saving it for the show, but I would like to actually start with you, Dimitri, about your reaction to this. I like turtles. <laughs> um, I... I don't know. I it, it my first reaction was I was I thought of the movie Showgirls. I was like, "Oh my god, this looks like an unmitigated disaster." Like how do, like do these people never want to work in this town again? And some of these people are on the back nine of their careers, and I don't mean disrespect to that. But there are other people who might be and I'm like, "Did you lose a bet?" Like I don't I I I, I yeah, I was just stunned. I literally, I, I was, I was stunned by by what I saw. And if these are the types of things that were they already all in, and they just they like they couldn't tell from testing that like, and I mean by the costuming or whatever the hell they were doing that this just might not work. And again, I haven't seen, we haven't seen the whole movie. Maybe it was just a bad trailer, but I don't think so. <laughs> I just I the whole time I'm watching the trailer I kept like my eyes just kept opening wide and then like like wincing kind of at it like what am I what am I watching I don't 
Oh, I'm very concerned. It's the weird, and then you watch it, and the more you watch it, the more questions you have about like the actual design of the characters. Like, I was just looking at the picture of Taylor Swift, and I'm like, why does she kind of have boobs? Like, what is going on? Like, it's just, oh, it's so strange. I prefer like the makeup from the original like cats, so you can tell they're people. Like, they're not trying to mess with you. Let's just go back to the original like makeup from the Broadway show. I would go back to the King, uh, the, the the Lion, and the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just didn't know what I was watching, and it felt really weird. Okay, I mean, to me, the trailer—you know—I saw it much later in the day. I actually watched it as we were on our way home from a screening yesterday, and I didn't get around to watching until about eight, nine o'clock. And at that point, I didn't even bother tweeting or giving my comments on it. Um, I mean, to me. What what was anyone expecting? Like, this is kind of exactly how I expected cats to be brought to life in this age. But I think it looks more horrifying than we thought it would. Yeah, but, I, you know, it's the studio being lazy with the CGI instead of actually doing costumes. Full yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah. either you do want to, like... Somebody said that. Um, Zeno Hour said, I don't understand how they didn't go full makeup or full mocap. Yeah, do I don't one understand. Or the other. Yeah, I don't understand Which is why. what we're talking about with the makeup. Just do like. You're right. You know. The line from The Wizard but, of Oz. But in terms of someone who grew up, you know, outside of New York, and I, I remember seeing the commercials for cats like constantly on television, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does feel very much like what I would see think this movie would be today. It's just I think the visual aspect of it is really off putting. It's jarring. It's it's yeah, it's jarring and it's to the point where like I saw a comment last night which I thought was funny, uh, where someone said, Oh, they're not gonna be able to Sonic the Hedgehog this. No. So No, they can't they, redo they the they entire can. movie. Right. It's good. And I love everybody's comments online of how high do you have to be to watch cats. I mean, LA is gonna be like the number one experimentation with that we're gonna people are gonna go see it high and then they're gonna do it reviews could and... be the new rocky horror i mean it was again without having seen the movie if i'm just going by the two and a half minutes that they showed yeah it was one of the like worst train wrecks that i that i've seen i think like, it but see here's the thing about that i don't I think a lot of people are talking about this, and the the way that the hype trains on it. This is one of those movies that might that might actually surprise a lot of people, because I think people are going to see this now out of pure curiosity. You know, I could say something similar about Snakes on the Plane. You know, where that got a lot of buzz from the trailer. But I felt like I I felt that was industry people again, because that's like industry people going like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Samuel L. Jackson was on a plane and he screams motherfucking snakes on a plane? Like, I don't feel like anyone outside of that. You got to remember that this is a beloved Broadway production. This is something that has been on Broadway many times over the years. No doubt. Sorry, why <laughs> they put an image? <laughs> they put an image yeah. up of um, James Corden's character as oh, a cat, man. and it was just very horrifying to look yes. at when I wasn't expecting it. It's going to be the new what's that Momo lady? Yeah, it's going to be like the cat's yeah. images that are going to pop up randomly and it, scare the shit out of people. And there's kind of a reason why we don't really have a Starlight Express. I mean, maybe there are some things that should just stay on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can you, it it translates better that way. Um, Unless, again, as we were saying, you go full mocap or you just do the makeup, which people are already people are already uh, accepting of the makeup because of the Broadway play right. and its popularity. You, you buy it. So you, if, if they were to do that for a movie, people might be have been a little more accepting of it. But there was nothing. I know people are talking about memories. And like, oh, how she knocks it out of the park. But to me, it was a juxtapositioning of that song and watching everything else that was horrifying. Yeah. And it just didn't work. Like, it was, yeah, it it, it took away from memories. I mean, I was like, just get me Betty Buckley. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask a real quick question? Sure. The panel? It's funny. I agree with you guys. The, the trailer was horrifying. But the issue is I also hate Cats. Like, I hate the musical... 
And I'm a big Broadway fan, but I just feel like that musical is so of its time. It's so early 80s, and it just, of all the musicals from that era, has aged the worst. So I feel like I'm watching the trailer through the filter of I already hate this property. Do any of you guys like the show? And if so, does that potentially give you hope for the movie? I've actually never seen, and that's weird because I'm Scott and I are huge Broadway fans, and Cats is one of those shows that I've never had the desire to see. I don't like the music from it, um, so that may play into it a bit for me. But um, I think it, what, what you were saying about it coming from the '80s is when Scott and I went to New York the last time we saw Tootsie, uh, the Broadway production, which is a, the story itself is very much. Uh, an 80s story that does not translate well to modern times, despite it getting a Tony, a couple Tony nominations and wins. Uh, so Scott and I had that issue with Tootsie, is that it was too of the era that it came from. And I think I think when you pointed that out, you might be right that Cats is not going to translate well into you know current times. Yeah, and I, I saw it like once, and it was a very long time ago, and I don't recall actually having any sort of real feelings towards it. Uh, I remember the commercials more than I actually remember the the play itself, which I guess that says a lot, um, just because they use that same song. But like mm-hmm. Ashley, the reason why I go to musicals is usually by the musical numbers, and, and, and they really capture and they move the story, uh, mm-hmm. the story forward, which is why I'm such a big fan of Greatest Showman, because as a musical standpoint, the, 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 mu- the songs each move the movie forward and the story. Right. Um, and Cats, I think the music for the most part is very forgettable. Um, you know, that being said, you know, having a director like Tom Hooper come in for this new project you know you you look at this after him doing Les Mis and you wonder like okay he tackled that one that one was very loved by a lot of people um it's very strange to see this happen because I remember in yesterday when you were driving home I I thought this was like a Baz Luhrmann movie because because it like visually it looks like something he would do but like a (laughs) half-assed version because he would never do this kind of CGI Yeah, but I think the problem with – you just brought up – oh, my God, my brain lost the Greatest Showman? No. um, Oh, Les Mis. I'm sorry. My brain. I need coffee this morning. Um, Les Mis, I think why Les Mis could work so well as a translation to a film adaptation is the fact that not only is it based on a Broadway – show it's also got a basis in a very dense french novel where you can take a lot of content from you can take a lot of liberties with interpreting both of those in a different way and it doesn't have weird costumes or cgi necessities it's a very historically based story that has very moving and powerful themes and Songs, So I think that's why Les Mis can be an effective film adaptation because all of those things are so strong in the in the source material, both of them, that it can translate into a film easily and have the emotional impact that it needs to. Cats is a little bit different in that respect. And I think for the audience that Cats is going for... They don't know what Cats is. Yeah, right. That's, they're going, that's also a problem. They're going right. for so, Taylor Swift. Yeah, right. and Jennifer so, Hudson and all these younger actors or actresses right. who they're hoping they can sell the movie on, which is why it's strange, again, to have Tom Hooper directed it because his movies are more geared towards an older demographic, mm-hmm. and yet this movie's geared towards a younger demographic. It's a very bizarre movie, but I will say at the end of the day, I'm I'm very intrigued to actually see this movie in the final product, and I don't I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. Like, I didn't have one feeling or another towards the end of this trailer. It was kind of weird because I was kind of excited about it, but at the same time, when I finished watching the trailer, I was just kind of like, it's visually like the backgrounds and stuff like look freaking phenomenal, but like everything in the forefront is like, so. yeah, you don't think the visuals in the back look. Good? There was no. nothing like the the trailer looked like a train wreck to me. Yeah. Again, it looks like it's going to be one of those movies where you go to on purpose to see something horrible. Yeah. That's what that trailer um, looked like. And you know, Zeno Hour was like uh, had said like this is gonna bomb, right? And it's like, I don't know because we haven't seen the final product. Like they may not have put their best foot forward, but with the footage that I've seen. We're talking, yeah, you can't, um, 
uh, you can't hedgehog this movie. You can't, no. you can't do that because they already have this done. So I don't know how they cut a better trailer. You can't hide the fact that they're cats and that it's makeup and CG. You can't hide that fact already. The, yeah. the cat's out of the bag. But I just don't know. Again, without the finished product, and who knows, it could surprise everybody. Maybe maybe the movie comes out and 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 we as film reviewers and and like it a lot. But I don't know. But the the audience it's going for certainly doesn't know of the '80s cats. No. Oh, I said Betty Buckley, and I'm willing to bet that most of the people don't even know that she was no. on Eight Is Enough. No. <laughs> and then people, go, what's Eight Is Enough? Yeah. I do think in some way, though, this is setting the film up for success because if it's good, people will be shocked. So I feel like yes. it's better to release a, like a bonkers, crazy-ass trailer that gets people interested because then if the movie's even remotely good, it will surprise people, I think. Yeah. No, I think and – and maybe that's part of the marketing plan behind it. I'm also wondering if they did any test screenings because, as you know, um, or maybe people don't know this, is that usually in the industry – they do multiple test screenings, whether it's in New York or uh, L.A., and uh, they, they, they do them almost like a year, year and a half in advance where the product's not finished or they show a rough cut, and uh, it's all to gauge uh, feedback. Um, I know that there's been some movies where they shot different scenes and went back and did reshoots because of time. which all the time that happened. So I'm, I'm curious. I know they had to test this for somebody. And someone had to look at it, and they had to get some sort of feedback. So maybe it is a case of, you know, the trailer's just weird. not appealing and weird. When does the movie come out? Uh, Christmas Day. This year. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas Day. It's going to bomb. this year. It's going to bomb. Yeah, I mean. On a Christmas look, Day release? Again, who are you going for? Right. And what what is it going up against? The Rise of Skywalker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's another big, you know, there there's the Jumanji movie. Yeah. That I think is probably going to be Christmas Day. I think oh, it is. Oh, Jumanji's going to be huge. That's going to go out against kids. Who are they going for in this movie? And again, the adults who remember Cats are going to see this and go, what the hell? I, I don't. Christmas you know, Day is a bad fe- move. And you know what my fear is for this is that as someone who really loves mm. and adores musicals, um, you know, I, I feel like this is just what the studios are looking for in a lot of ways is that they're they're kind of like, oh, if this flops, then we'll cut back and we won't do musical movies. Because there was that period of time where, like, I forgot what movie it was that there was a musical that came out. It was Rent. It was Rent. I was just going to say Rent. Rent didn't do... Well, no, I was remember you that. You just got really excited. Yeah, because I remember Rent Rent came out. In and 2006. It, and, and it did not do well. And then there was like no musical movies for like a couple of years right. after that. Right. So I hope that doesn't happen because I feel like there's like been this renaissance of musical movies over the last couple of years. There's definitely been a momentum. Uh, this, I mean, again, this just, it just, it looks also too like... Um, that visionary director Daryl Lynn Bozeman's really bad movie that he that musical that he kind of directed that horror Repo I forget what it is it came out after he did a Saw movie and it was it, Repo was it Repo yes. yeah it was yeah. Repo but, it, it, but it, this just looks like a bad mistake but do you think that the problem if you look at it the way that we're looking at it now is we're not getting we're getting more specific m- musical films but we're also getting those live action Disney films that technically can be considered musicals because of the music that's embedded in them already. So, I hope it doesn't happen where they stop doing the musical adaptations and just keep pushing the Disney live well, actions. Well, 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 don't forget we do have West Side Story. Coming Which is already to, is already getting a ton of backlash yeah, already. Right. Like, let's be honest, there hasn't been any real but, positive buzz about that movie. I, even with even been, with even with Steven Spielberg directing, agreed. It. But but people have pretty much been on board with the casting. We haven't uh, seen any footage of that yet. Yeah. So that could you know I mean I think as far as it I don't think we're when they come up with the first trailer for West Side Story, we're not going to be talking about it as no we're actually going to talk about how dated that is and how it shouldn't be made because that's that's going to be another problem because i can already see all the political stuff going on about 
West Side Story? You can't see political stuff going on about that? Yeah, but I wouldn't say that it's dated. I, I say that it's very relevant. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's relevant, but it depends on how much they bring it up to date for today's audience based on, like, all the stuff that people get upset with today. If you go back and watch the original stage production, yeah, there's a lot of things that are going to probably upset people that were in that. In yeah, today's audience. I, well, I get what you're saying. You're, you're going to have to be very careful. Yeah, very careful I, on who. Here's the thing: the people that are going to go see West Side Story aren't the people that we really have to worry about offending. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, senior nerd uh, in Just the chat line. Hello, uh, morning, uh, bright suns to you. I remember the commercial for Cats too. I think I saw a spaceship in the commercial. No, that was the cat from Out of Space, the <laughs> Disney movie. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember a spaceship in Cats. There is a spaceship, is a spaceship in cats. cats. Yes. Yeah, oh my god, now that. they're going to do a yeah. spaceship. <laughs> yeah. I am done. Yeah. All right. Well, Bones away. Speaking of being Senior done, we're going to move on from this Let's topic. Yes. Uh, right. So, uh, Little Mermaid to jump from one musical to the other. Yeah. Little Mermaid casting continues with Harry Styles as Prince Eric and Javier Bardem as King Triton. Triton. How do you feel about that, guys? <laughs> I I think Javier Bardem is a is a casting mistake. I don't think that that his level of acting is what you want in a Disney film. You know what I mean? He does I mean and he did Pirates of the Caribbean, but he was a very dark and sinister character. It depends on how they're taking King Triton and how they're going to Portray him. If he's very much like the original, like the animated film, I think Javier Bardem is a very off choice. You know what I mean? Just from his demeanor, his his build, and just I don't I don't it doesn't click for me. Uh, as for Harry Styles, you know, One Direction. I mean, fine, sure. To me, it was it, to me once I once they announced Harry Styles, I was like, perfect. He's perfect. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna. He'll fit the bill fine. I mean, um, at it least was quite he surprising in Dunkirk to me. And, and in fact, right. I didn't even know because I don't listen to One Direction. So What? That's true. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here. Off folks. the show, Dimitri. <laughs> Off the show. Yeah, I'm, not big, <laughs> I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan either. <laughs> Off the show, Dimitri. Off so, the show. Uh, and as far as Harvey Arbor, I was fine. I'm fine with it. Whatever they've been doing thus but, far, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I feel like so. Harry Styles is kind of a waste because if I'm correct, if my memory's correct, Prince Eric doesn't sing in the original. No, he doesn't. So I guess they're giving new music to of it where he's going to No, I know, but I'm saying that it's going to highlight his yeah. voice because it would be a total waste to put him in and not have someone sing. He yeah. didn't sing in Dunkirk. I mean, he could act. But I'm just saying, no, but he's but, a singer. But like, when you ever you cast a singer in a role, like as much as people are backlashing the whole Cats thing, going back to that real quick, Taylor Swift at least is known for a singer. So it's like her and sure. Jennifer Hudson being that in the sense. movie. It makes, makes sense. sense. If you're going to put him in this movie in a Lion King, uh, not Lion King, in The Little Mermaid, you know, you would want him to sing. Right. So there'll be a Prince Eric featured yes. song, obviously. But eh. it's his speechless. Yeah. I'll just turn, turn around and sing yeah. a song that totally doesn't fit the rest of the movie. Yeah. Does yeah. it feel strange to you guys at all that, like, we finally got an African American Disney princess and then they cast a, Lat- a Latin guy as her dad? Yes, like, it it's feels very like bizarre. Disney finally, like, it's like diversity, but they're not really doing it quite right because they're like Mexican dad, uh, uh, black you, daughter. Like, the, it's just, it's strange for me. You know what it is? It's them trying to appeal to everyone. And it, this is the problem that I have with Disney right now is that they don't, they don't really know what to do. They're just like, hey, let's throw everything at this. You know, and they're like, I wanted Sterling K. Brown as a mermaid. Know, I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, I mean, love yeah, him. Yeah, I think that would have been a great choice. Him. He's amazing. Yeah, he's great. I, again, I get. I have no problem with Javier Bardem. I don't know but what they're going to do it, with me. Did you hear what Jeff said? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But you like, don't know how he's going to look with mocap. You don't know what they're going to do with the character yet. But if you think, okay, you know, oh, you're just going by that. The, brought up a whole thing, though, because yeah, if you're going to take a Latin. Uh, Latinx actor. He's and half Spanish. I just looked it up. He's half so, Spanish. Yes. Okay. So if you're going to take a Spanish actor and then make him African American, that's even a bigger problem. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't say they were. No, I know. But I'm but, just saying, like, but, how. 
But we don't know. I like, know, but like we don't know because King Triton in the movie is blonde and and as well. Uh, he King... has gray hair, please. Okay, thank gray you. hair. So, I just was at Disney World. I, I, I just I don't know. I again, I think he can handle the role as as Ariel's dad. Uh, I like. We talked about it at, at length about the 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 casting of Ariel, uh, Melissa McCarthy. I. I to me, the casting is not bothering me about this movie. What will bother me is if it's a bad movie. Yeah, and my problem like, with Javier Bardem has nothing to do with his race or his ethnicity whatsoever. I just think his his demeanor, demeanor doesn't yeah. fit the character for me. I could care less about, regardless of race, whatever. You know, if somebody's good for the part, they're good for the part. Um, you know, it's... So, and, and, so, and um, Jody Lynn Wright says that Eric actually does sing in the in, in the in, musical and, in the Broadway version. Okay. So maybe that's what they're going, you know, maybe that's probably. Sure. I mean, that was going back to the movie that's opening this week, The Lion King. Uh they were saying that they used some of the scar characteristics sure, yeah. from the Broadway production as opposed to the the original the, the, animated the, movie. The theater theatrical. Okay. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, next trailer, we're going to talk about the Top Gun Maverick trailer. And I'm going to start with Dimitri because I know Dimitri's excited about this movie. You know, I am. Um, and, and yeah, the trailer delivered for me. It's, it's what I, you know, it's, I was watching it. It was, it was great. The dialogue between, uh, Ed Harris and him, I thought was, it was for, for, for a Top Gun movie, for, for, for Maverick, um, even before the articles came out saying everything you see in that trailer is real, I didn't doubt it for a second because it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of course he's flying an F-16. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I thought for a teaser for what they put out, it was fine. It really doesn't say much about story. Uh, outside of Ed Harris, you don't see too much of the cast. I thought we were going to see a little Miles Teller. Um, they tried to get a little bit of that Tony Scott flair, yeah. but nobody can outdo Tony. You know, nobody can do Tony Scott, but what Tony Scott was able to bring to it, because I didn't see any ceiling fans uh, in the movie. But it it looks like, at least from that, it's hitting the certain beats that I think are going to be cool. And it definitely had that nostalgia factor. I think it banks really heavily on nostalgia. Yes. Um, possibly a little bit too much. Because, because I think if you have not seen the original one, I don't know if there's enough there in that trailer to make you go, ooh, I really want to see this. I think it's relying very much on the fans of the original so far. And it could be just the way that this teaser trailer came out. Remember, it came out at Comic-Con, too. Um, so they probably did this as a way to test. And it Absolutely. wasn't like they had the whole panel plan. It was literally Tom Cruise comes out for like two minutes. Like, hey, man, uh, Paramount made me come here. Uh, here's the trailer. Uh, <laughs> see you later. Thanks for watching. But, you know, that's pretty much what it was. Two, yep. two minutes of him coming on stage and leaving. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see the movie. But it's also like I can use a refresher. And then, Ashley, how did you feel as someone who has not seen the original Top Gun? <laughs> people like to um, be a little bit aggressive with me about certain movies that I haven't seen uh, mostly 80s movies Top Gun is one of those but the thing is when you see when there's certain films that are super culturally relevant you've gotten almost every aspect of it through different forms of you know references to it or media or whatever so while I'm watching the trailer, I'm going, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That This is what Top Gun would to be to me in a two-minute, like, synopsis. You know what I mean? Like, these are the main points of what you should get from the original movie. So seeing it really had no effect on me. And I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> what's next? Um, so I really, I mean, I'm, opening, I'm open to see it. Scott and I are going to watch the original probably this weekend so that I can say I've seen it before I see I have the next it on Blu-ray if you ever want to borrow it. I mean, we I, probably do somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, when the original came out, nobody expected it to do the numbers that it did. Okay. So the movie became a cultural pop, it was a pop culture movie. And I was actually, I'm surprised to hear that you hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, I mean, they re-released the movie, I would say, about five years ago yeah. in 3D, which I saw. Well, it when, did awesome. it, when did it originally come out? I'm going to say 19... It was either 80... Was in college or high school? It's 86. 86. Yeah. Okay, so I wasn't so, born yet. There you go. Yeah. But so I mean, there's there, one but, reason. But, you know, but I, I just figure that Top Gun on video was huge. Um, you know, repertory types of theaters play it. It was re-released, I think, within the past five years to celebrate an anniversary mm-hmm. uh, in 3D. Yes, the movie is extraordinarily jingoistic, but again, Tony Scott's. Let me. When you look at, when you look at the charisma that the cast had, and an extremely uh, beautiful uh, Kelly Kelly McGillis. Yes. That? Yes. And then. You had Tom Skerritt. Then you had Val Kilmer. Right? Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. The flying scenes were amazing. I mean, recruitment for the Air Force went up. Everybody, like, they saw this movie. They Everybody felt the need for speed. It was a Bruckheimer, Don Simpson production. And, again, it was one of those movies that it just came, it sort of kind of, Came out of nowhere. No one expected it to be that big. And it really did launch. I mean, it proved that Tom Cruise was a star. And then I see this. And when he's on his motorcycle, He looks exactly nostalgic. the same. It's crazy. <laughs> he doesn't look like he aged at all. No, like, that is doesn't. unfair. Wait till you see the scene in the original. And when he looks over and he's smiling, I was like, God damn him. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's... That's why I love the trailer. I'm going to look like a leather bag in 10 years, and Tom Cruise is going to look the same. Yes, because that's all his stunts. That's what keeps him young, you know, doing those, <laughs> those stunts. Jumping that's out of planes, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would give Climbing me a heart Climbing on the attack. side of buildings, you but know, all that crazy stuff. I think that, um, I will say, when the, the the plane does the thing, I'm really bad with plane terminology, so <laughs> please excuse me. When the plane does the thing where it goes like this, and then the... Yeah. And I'm like, that's going to be really awesome in, like, surround it, sound. On a it's, big screen. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Like, I'm in it for the sound effects, pretty much. <laughs> like, I just want, like, shit flying all over the place. I'm up for that. But, uh, other, like, the storyline, I'm like, oh, whatever. I don't even know what the storyline is. No one does. No one does. No. It's and, cool. But it doesn't matter. They, Everybody's they in hooked for me, it. And it, it, it did what a teaser trailer is supposed to do. Right. Hook, line, and, hook, line, and sinker. It's supposed to drag you in, and I think it really, it set out, it accomplished what it set out to do yeah. in a really great way. So uh, another movie uh, along the Paramount lines that was at Comic-Con, which these are the only two movies so far that actually made a appearance at Comic-Con, uh, is Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, and it was confirmed there that Edward Furlong will repri- reprise his role as John Connor. That was Eric? No, uh, Eddie. Eddie Furlong. Ed- Eddie Edward. Furlong. Or Edward. Edward. Edward he Furlong. lets me call What did I say? You said Eric Furlong. Oh, I did? Oh, I'm I sorry about that. I'm Ed- sorry. I Edward. got confused. No, it's okay. That's his brother. Um, so, <laughs> I, I mean, this is interesting to me because I feel like Paramount is really riding hard on this movie. Which I mean, one? Terminator Dark. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I oh. mean, they're they're this. I they they fucked over the fans so much with the last couple of movies, to the point where like they're banking this one again. Going back to what we were just talking about with Top Gun, this is going back to nostalgia for everyone too. It's like, oh, we this is a direct sequel after number two, and all those other movies don't exist, and we have to get everyone back. It's getting back. the Halloween yeah, treatment. Yeah, it's like getting the Halloween treatment. Yeah. And it, it's just, you know, I think they're riding on it, and I don't know if this is going to <laughs> You're happen. You're laughing at what I'm laughing uh, I'm at. I'm laughing at you, yeah. Prince I'm, Eric Furlong? Yeah, yes, Prince okay. Eric Furlong was very, very funny. <laughs> the yeah. chat is very fun, but sometimes yes. it's very distracting Starting when with... you're, like, in the middle of a conversation and you laugh at someone. I'm sorry. But we no, love it's to okay. see no hour oh, credit yes. for that one. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Got me. So I don't know. That's all. Here's the thing with me. Okay. And people can hate me for this, but there's all of these sequels to movies and this, you know, Terminator. All of it just kind of blends together to me. So when someone's like, oh, did you like this one? I'm like, I sure like i guess so i mean i know there's like all the different versions but they kind of just blend together and i think that happens more when i'm not super interested in the actual like series you know i i can tell you what all the x-men movies are because i love those personally but with terminator i have no 
I, love I mean, for it that I'm like, yeah, I need to know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just it doesn't It was kind of like when we had that paranormal activity discussion and we couldn't even remember what character right, was in what plot. <laughs> like, it was just like, what is yeah. it like? Is that the, the third one, the fourth one? Who cares? And, and the original matter. Terminator came out in 1984. Right, right. Three years before I was born. Yeah. So... And then James Cameron's came out in 1991. Well, they were and both I was James Cameron's four. Yeah, they were, he did the the original. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, that T two so. was one of those rare sequels where I think like people really talked about a lot more than any other any other original film. Yeah, I mean that he, and Aliens, right? Yeah, that and Aliens. I mean, because he he reinvented in a sense. He he <laughs> topped himself with 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 visual effects. And um, if 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 memory serves, he took. Um, I'm trying to think which one, whether it was the Abyss or T2, but he was always a person that elevated his own special effects. So, like in the Abyss, where you had the water creature, you know, and then in T2, you had that great scene where 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 the the, the Terminator comes up from the checkered floor. Um, and, and do things like that. So it, I'm pretty sure it was the Abyss that came out first, where he was testing that sp- that visual effect, and then he used it full force in T2. And then Aliens, he just re he, he makes a different movie, and and even T2 is a little bit different than Terminator. He just didn't go back to the well. Yeah. So you know, it, it's really interesting going into this one. Uh, we saw footage at CinemaCon, which was okay at best. It was very disjointed. It, there was no context to it. Uh, I think they're doing a good job with the trailering because now they're putting more context to things, making me more excited. When I heard about Edward Furlong, I was like, that's that's great. That's really, I thought that to be really cool and to really tie it in very well. But remember, James Cameron also, um, he backed the last Terminator oh, I movie know. as well. So, but this one, apparently he seemed to have written some story points and he helped them. We'll see. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I will look forward to it. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that the Top Gun trailer got me more excited, but I'm very much looking forward to this Terminator. Well, they, I mean, the whole focus of the panel was supposed to be on <clears throat> Terminator anyhow. So that, that, that top gun trailer was just like a little tease because mm-hmm. they wanted to kind of do something special for that so um i like when we, I, was, I was smiling at scott because when we talk about people when they talk about movies that they name sequels yeah. and we're just like t2 making up like random yeah. words yeah and that's what i feel like a lot of the the sequels to those films are is they're just like random like t2 Terminator Day, or it's like just <laughs> well, something that you're like, well, it's Judgment okay. Day, but that was what it was known. See, as. I didn't even know what that was, so yeah. you know. But no, I'm but saying that's, like, that's the legit, that's a legit title. I mean, it no, is I know, but I'm just saying day. like, I feel like studios are just like putting these words up, and they're just like, you know, you know those uh, like Mad Libbing, right? No, <laughs> like Mad Libbing titles. Like, let's just put a bunch of words on the thing, and throw a dart at it, and see. It's like T2 Judgment Day. It's like, all right. Sure. But it, it, that's <laughs> what it came down to. Like, it wasn't done... Dartboards and random Mad Lib words. I don't think it was, I don't think it was that I'm back then. Today, yes. I'm just picking on you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm saying you're wrong. There you go. Go, go watch okay. Cats. Yeah. Don't want to make me. My eyes. All right. Hustlers trailer. Anyone have any thoughts about I have. I have zero, zero to say about this trailer. I mean... I think that anytime Jennifer Lopez is in a movie at this point, I, I literally like don't care. I, I, I don't. I, there's no nice way of putting it. It's just she's just built a career off of like either being in crappy rom coms or being in these laughably bad like female empowerment pictures where I just never feel that way about them. I give her one movie. Which one? And that was Out of Sight. Oh, I George actually, Clooney one? Yeah. Yeah. That, and one but of her first. It, yeah, if, if not her first. And and it's funny because I'll occasionally it's on cable and I go to revisit it. And I was like, how could she be fucking good in this movie? Yeah. And all these other movies like made to order or what? Just pure crap. Yeah. And I just I know, I, I'm, I feel the same way you do. I have zero desire. Zero, zero, designed the boy next door. Oh, that oh, one. Good yeah. God. Yeah. And what was the one that came out about a year ago? 
Second oh, act, baby. Second oh. act. Ah. Second act. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I feel bad saying that, but she has honestly become an actress who I've just written off uh, in terms of, like, when I see her name on a poster or in her trailer, and it doesn't even matter who's in it, I'm just, and I'm looking at this, 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 the premise of this, this movie, like, the fact that... You it's know, based it's, on a true story. I know it's based on a true story, but it just looks so weird. Like, I, I like, I don't... Uh, oh. This looks like it, it looks like something from like the eighties or the nineties. Like it's like all these people, you know, all these like they're not strippers. Are they strippers? Or they yeah, they are, yeah. right? So all these it's, strippers going up against the man who runs the strip club kind of thing. And I'm like, what? Why? Why? Yeah, you know, uh, Cammy uh, actually, Cammy is it Cammy or Cammy Egan uh, said she was good as Selena. You know what? Oh, you're you're right. Movies. You're right. Thank you for reminding me of, of that one. She's got two movies under her belt where you go, wow, she could act. What the hell happened to her? Uh, and it's been and, 20 years since. Yeah. She was also in Anaconda. Yeah. <laughs> that, that wonderful movie. I just forgot yeah, about with that Boyd. Yeah, that was good. My That's little, just the one my I My little Lady Bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just yeah. was, I was perpetually afraid of snakes. The fact we're going that. back to 96 and 97 to find a good Jennifer Lopez movie, that says something. It reminds me sort of, what was the Demi Moore, Burt Reynolds movie? It was um, called Striptease. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Striptease. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, Scott said when, when we were talking about what we were going to talk about on the show, Scott said, oh... Hustlers, that awful trailer. And then I watched it, and like I didn't think it was that bad. But I mean, I don't think it's going to be good. It's got an interesting array of people in it for the casting. Like it's got Lily Reinhardt, doesn't it? Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's not going to be Magic Mike. I don't want. No, it's not going. I've never no. seen Magic Mike. Really? It's actually. A pretty... Am I the only one on the panel who hasn't seen Magic Mike? Which is weird. Let's just it's... move on from this right now. Fair enough. That, yeah, that's just very weird. Well, but, I don't but, want. I think Magic Mike was actually a good movie. For, for, <laughs> it was I, fine. It, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Especially that sequel, Magic Mike XXL. Well, yeah. And and don't forget when you go to Vegas, you always like catching the show there, Dimitri. Uh huh. What? There's a show in Vegas. Yeah. I didn't know. I, well, look, I've I just, seen it ten times. <laughs> What are you going down at Steven Soderbergh again? <laughs> <laughs> like it was a it was a better it was a good movie. Oh yeah, Cardi B is in Hustlers. Isn't that another reason? That was my reason that I was like, oh There's no. There's another reason to go see it. Oh, Cardi B. There we go. How many times is she going to do her okay thing? Yeah, I'm not um, trying to do it because I can't do she it. She should be in Cats. She should. All right, moving on from that one to Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney, yeah. McCartney or McCartney? Mac- McCartney? Paul McCartney. McCartney just wrapped up his tour here in Dodger Stadium. Yes, that is good friend Ringo Starr star joined. Yep. Yes, and uh, Mance is very mad at me for mispronouncing his name. Uh, it's a I wonderf- said nothing. I know it. I know that's all right. It's. A, oh, I got so excited to say his name after moving on from Hustlers. That's why. Um, so he's going to be doing. Uh, the music for It's a Wonderful Life musical. They could take my money now. Yeah, I think they could take my money too. <laughs> I'm good. You no? See. I mean, I got nothing against Paul McCartney as a songwriter, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that It's a Wonderful Life need be turned into a musical. Okay. Yeah, but, but okay, okay. Sorry. From that regard. If you're going to do it, because you know they're going to do it eventually, <laughs> yes. at least have Paul McCartney do the music. At least it's not like 30 years down yeah, but, the line and like, here, Harry Styles because, redid it. It's yeah. like, no. But just because you have a Paul McCartney doing the music doesn't necessarily... Sometimes, that again, that doesn't equate. Bono and The Edge did like Spider-Man, which was a huge flop. Like They did the music to that. It sometimes it Oh, just the Broadway musical? Yeah, sometimes it just doesn't... They should have shut down I, production on that when people kept dying. Right. Well, that helps, too. But <laughs> I'm just, like, it doesn't... And again, it has nothing to do with his songwriting. I, yes. Okay, you know. I'm just saying. Just let it happen. I At mean, least let it's one good name. thing come of a, of a remake of a movie. You know, but is it, though? You know, now I'm thinking about what he's saying. Do you really want someone like Paul to... Be doing this? Yeah. Because, but why? Because if it's supposed to be modernized, it's supposed to be for a newer demographic, 
And it, the people who are going to watch this movie with Paul behind it are going to be the same people who would watch the original. But I don't think the draw of it for most people will be Paul McCartney. Well, his name is definitely yeah. Cashette. No, I know. I'm, and I'm not. Yeah, no, like, I'm, but, I understand. But, but see what the Beatles, like, I don't know how great Yesterday did. And that had the Beatles well, that, yeah. behind it. So, good point. Again, I'm not entirely sure. Like, if people are upset about West Side Story, I'm just not sure that I need It's a Wonderful Life to work as well, a musical. I think it's perfect as it is. Um, it's definitely one of the, it's an annual tradition for me. And, you know, it just has those, you're not going to find people uh, like James Stewart. And, and cast to, to round that out and really make it work. Kevin me. Hart's he's he's gonna play the lead. Kevin Hart. I might want to just right watch now. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing against Kevin Hart. I'm just I don't. I'm just not on board with it. Period. No. no. Um, more good news for Ashley, especially uh, Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig <gasps> are going to write the Barbie movie, and Margot Robbie is. Direct, uh, gonna be starring in it. And Greta's su- supposed, supposed to. to direct. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, Ash? <laughs> How do you feel about that? Why are you picking on me? Huh? Because you know I love Noah so yeah, much. Yeah, Noah. Uh, I'm torn on it because I really like Greta. I just do not like Noah Baumbach films. I gave him four shots, yeah. three shots. He's three strikes, you're out, buddy. Um, I just don't, his films are not for me. Uh, so I'm torn because I really love Greta and I really loved Lady Bird, which was her directorial debut. So if she's directing it, I will probably be, you know, very excited but nervous to see it because I don't know what part Noah is going to play in that. Because I have to look up which ones I saw by him um, that I can't stand. <laughs> uh, pretty much everyone. Pretty much you, everyone. You've pretty much seen everything with me, and you hated every single one of them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, <laughs> sorry. Which one did you like? Do you like? What do you think of this, Demetri? While she's yeah. looking it up. You know, the Barbie movie has gone through so many iterations already. Yeah. I mean, Amy Schumer was supposed yeah. to be a Barbie. Um, you know, the only thing that really gives me, I guess, any confidence at all is that Margot Robbie is involved in one way, shape, or form. Right. Um, is I wasn't as big a fan of of Lady Bird as a lot of people other were other people were. However, I did recognize Greta Gerwig's direct direction. I think it's great. I mean, I just don't know. I, I don't know the direction of this movie, but having those two people attached, like I don't think Margot Robbie would do something. That would cheapen her already. I mean, she has a class brand already. I think. Yeah. I think like she's a she's a talent from in front and behind the camera. She can pick projects. She's good, and she's a fantastic actress. So I don't think she would do anything to jeopardize her her, for lack of a better word, her brand. So yeah, I, I I'm I don't, those two. If I'm gonna see a Barbie movie, those two are gonna be the people to get me to go. I and I'm not saying that the movie is going to be bad. I'm just saying it's not going to be. It probably may not be for me with Noah Baumbach attached to it because the movies that I'm thinking of that I've seen that I really dislike from him are Francis Ha, <laughs> While We Were Young, and Mistress America. Yeah. So those are the three that I saw that I said, yeah, this doesn't. work And he for wrote me. all of them, right? He wrote all three of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's one of he does the Woody Allen thing where he writes and directs. Um, you know, I, I'm more disappointed with the fact I'm okay with the writing team behind this. Um, I'm actually the opposite of Dimitri on this, and I'm actually disappointed that Margot Robbie is actually Barbie. Um, I I really liked the spin that they were going to do originally, as much as I'm not a huge fan of Amy Schumer. I was actually more excited about the idea of breaking down what a Barbie doll was, what they were going to do with the original project, and kind of rebrand this. To pick Margot Robbie as that, someone who is just gorgeous, and like everything that I would picture a Barbie to be, uh, you know, that's where I have more more problems with this movie. The storyline on IMDb says a a doll living in Barbie land is expelled for not being perfect enough and sets off on an adventure in the real world. A live action film feature based on the popular line of Barbie toys. 
I hear you, Scott. My knee jerk is why cast the like Hollywood ideal to play the lead who's yes. an imperfect version of a Barbie. Yeah, right. When Barbie's been fighting against the idea that what they design, the plastic conception of what they design is impossible to achieve. I love Margot Robbie. She's a great actress, but it would have been much more interesting, I think, to cast someone who's a little less conventionally Hollywood. Yeah, yes. but how do you know that that still won't be the story? Again, if Greta Gerwig is getting involved in this... I don't think it's they, going to it be It would have like, been better if Greta Gerwig was Barbie, for Christ's sake, but, because at least she would have brought, brought but, something new and unique to the character. We don't know what this this iteration of Barbie is going to be. Like, maybe being, like maybe it, it could still be a commentary on looks yeah. um, as well. You know, the Barbie doll itself has gone through so many iterations since it's come through. Yeah. And, you know, it's pop culture... Uh, iconness uh, it just spans decades and decades and there have been Star Trek Barbies there have been you know and they're not the most popular looking or the most perfect looking Barbie has gone through these so many iterations so I don't know again I think with the two attached if you're going to get me to see a Barbie movie I'm going to I'm all in with an Amy Schumer I was just thinking I was just going to get some comedy um, like I feel so uh, feel so pretty. Um, is that yeah that that, that? yeah, that was the name of the movie, which yeah. didn't really work for me. That I mean, <laughs> the reason for that movie not <clears throat> working was very much the mixed messages that movie had. Yeah, uh, which is problematic in itself, right. and the fact that Michelle Williams was the highlight of that movie, uh, speaking like she was sucking on helium. <laughs> um, but yeah. That's my two takes on that one. Um, so I wanted to talk uh, a little bit, a little bit about this this Netflix uh, news, and you guys can uh, chime in on this. Um, you know, Netflix has been under fire the last couple of months. There's been a lot of negative news. I feel like week after week about Netflix, um, things about their movies not hitting marks and you know they're them spending their spending being completely out of control and that they were going to cut the budgets on most of their feature films moving forward and that uh, a lot of people have been complaining that a lot of their original series now have been been getting the axe you know they have not been renewing them past usually around season three mark um and then for the first time in their history they lost subscribers um and this is right on the brink of Disney Plus coming out, uh, as well as the uh, um, the reveal of Warner Brothers service coming out. NBC Universal is also doing one. Um, you know, they were supposed to uh, have about uh, four million. I think they were expecting uh, plus this 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 year in subscribers, and they lost one hundred twenty six thousand subscribers in the U S. alone. Um, what do you guys feel about this, especially considering what's on the horizon to come? Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, I just think part of it is subscribership. I think it's price pointing. I think that there's too much distraction out there because it's interesting because we had this news and box office news came out this week as well. Yeah. Um, about how the box office second quarter is a little bit lower than box office same time period last year. Um, we're, I think we're not there yet, but there, I said this much earlier on one of our, our shows before, I think we might be heading to a subscription streaming bubble. So there's so many of these out there, right? There's the whole cut the cord. And now when you're, you know, the, the, the price of Netflix has gone up, which is understandable, Considering what you get and what is it twelve ninety nine now, and I don't even know who Ooh, the people. I think it's more than that. Is it sixteen ninety nine now? <clears throat> Fourteen. I've been on AutoPay yeah, for like I, five I years. I don't Same know. And I forget like, how much. They're like we're charging you more and whatever. Yeah, and we don't have TV. I, but, so, but, but see, I don't know anybody who even has the physical Blu-ray Netflix anymore. Our friend, Ga- our friend Gabe does. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Gabe. That's one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think these price points are eventually going to, they're going to hit a ceiling. Yeah. And Disney Plus has already said they're going to come in at an extremely low price point when they come out on purpose because they want subscribership. But it's eventually going to go up too. But I think 
everybody's going to go up. Hulu, CBS, NBC, Warners, HBO. It, they're all going to go up. And and then people really, then it's really going to become a la carte. So when people complain about the cost of cable, satellite, or whatever, if you want all these shows and you're going to have to subscribe to all of these services. Look, I subscribe to Netflix because it's just Netflix. And I subscribe subscribe to Amazon Prime, but that's so I can get free shipping. I watch some some programming there, but if I watch anything, it's on Netflix. I for sure will be signing up for Disney Plus, not just because of the Star Wars stuff, but because of the Disney catalog of movies. Um, but that's it for me. I know people are part of Hulu and everything else. You folks seem to that you're more into the streaming stuff than I am. I know I'm a, an old curmudgeon when it comes to that, and I still have I have my DirecTV. I have all the channels, and I'm happy. I think Netflix right now is going through something that's going to have a very negative effect on them long term. Um, you know, they they came out of the gate; they were the first service to do this, and they really kind of set the bar for what a streaming service should be, not only from content, but also from the layout and things of that nature. Like, when you go on their layout, it is the most easy to use. Yeah, (laughs) it's just so easy to search through. Uh, And I think they've done such a great job with that. But the problem now is, is that all these companies coming in and they wanting a bigger piece of the pie. You know, there was this all this talk about shows like Friends and and Office leaving. And I think, you know, me personally, I've never watched either one of those shows on that on that platform. Neither have I. But a lot of people have. I I realize that I realize that now. And uh, in our in our chat, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, the Marvel being pulled from there is a big deal. I mean, they're going to lose all that. And then when you go back to their original programming now. Right. It's not what it used to be. Sure, you have Stranger Things, which is making like such headlines and stuff like that. But you have that one show, and then there's there's very little buzz about Orange is the New Black. No one cared about House of Cards after the whole thing happened with Kevin Spacey. There's very few shows that get a lot of buzz. You always get this one, and the buzz is there for a couple of weeks, and then it dies. So I think they're going they're going to suffer and they're going to actually have to lower the price point, which which is also another issue that I think I have with these services. When you when you negotiate pricing for anything, you always kind of want to start high and then you want to go low if to find like that mid, that middle ground that you want to get at. Netflix, I think, did themselves such a great disservice by starting, you know, they started with the, the DVD so high and they couldn't, you know, no one was really buying it. And then they came out and they did the streaming service, which started at seven ninety nine, Right. And now they're up to, uh, someone said in the chat, fifty nine nine. Okay. So you go on that, and I think you can probably get it up to maybe nineteen ninety five, and then that's going to be the cutoff. What I fear for Disney, and I mean, Disney's never going to be phased by this because it's Disney, because they have all the fucking brands in the world, and people are going to subscribe to it. But everyone else... They're going to have to start high and then work their way down, I think. I think Hulu, the thing that I think people may forget about Hulu who don't necessarily use it or have it, is that Hulu, minus a a certain uh, number of networks, is where people go when they don't have TV or they miss a show. You know, like, we don't have cable. We right. don't have any of that. So when I miss a show that's on, like, Will and Grace or, you know, um, when Grimm was still on or something like that, I would go to Hulu because it would have all the shows in order as they aired. So if we were at a screening when something was on TV, we didn't have to worry about DVRing it. We didn't have to worry about figuring out how to fix it. You know, we have... Hulu. So mm-hmm. we got rid of cable because we didn't use it because we're never home. Um, so I just think it's different. And um, Rednecks wrote that Hulu is Disney owned, which is yes. interesting yeah. because we plugged in our Sony Blu-ray player for the first time in a while and it said that service is ending on there. Um, and I think Scott said that was because of the Disney acquiring yeah. Hulu at this point. So they won't let Sony have it on there. So it's it's kind of a game, and it's you know it's super frustrating 
Well, but, but it's already well. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was announced that that Friends is going over to Warner Brothers. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, stairs. The Marvel property is going to go right to Disney. And don't forget, Netflix is also losing all of the Disney product that they yep. currently have on, yep. which includes some of the animated Star Wars stuff. Go, that's all going away. Yes. So, yeah. and they're also making Hulu. Uh, they're getting rid of the ad-free option for Hulu now. Yeah. Now that Disney's acquired them. And the FX service is also going to Hulu. It's being right. so. That, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. So, so I mean, it's just. It, I, I think it's. It'll be interesting to see how all this plays out in the next. I think six months to a year. Um, but I mean, I, I as much as I love Netflix for a lot of different reasons, I, I think they they need to be worried and they need to be very. Smart about Smart their, decision their decisions making. moving forward because they can't just keep like you can't fucking... make another one of those Will Smith movies that did nothing. What uh, was that? Bright, bright, bright. No, bright. they're making a bright. sequel. Uh, they're making I, a sequel to Bright. I, I wonder if I wonder if that's happening though. I really I, I, wonder. You know, I mean, I, I honestly with don't all know. the negative energy that's been around that with Max Landis because he was the writer on that, and then know, just all the spending because they they talked about cutting back. So right. I don't know. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for today on this show. Uh, Dimitri, Ashley, where can the fine folks Ashley, find you, you first? Uh, you can find me on WeLiveEntertainment.com and on Twitter at Ashley G Menzel. Uh, right here on uh, Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press. Uh, occasional contributor to WeLiveEntertainment.com. Thank you very much no for posting. And uh, at Dimitri Panos. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. You can go over to WeLiveEntertainment.com to see all my written reviews and interviews. Thank you so much for watching. Simon will be back next week. Thank you again. Have a wonderful weekend. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.